Hi, welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Leland Suhas here to talk to you today about technology and retail. Hey Suhas, it's funny because people are always talking about e-commerce and how more and more shoppers are expanding into online purchasing, purchasing with their mobile tablets and phones, yet we still know that over 80% of shoppers in totality go to in-store. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, personally, I actually find shopping online a lot easier than going to a store. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm living in a city and there's a little bit more of a convenient way to have deliveries done than if I was living somewhere in the suburbs and getting in a car and driving to a store isn't that much of a problem. But it is sort of an interesting trend that's happening where people are just buying online more and the delivery systems are getting so much better that you don't have to wait days to get your shipment. You could get a shipment in as little as an hour. I just ordered a t-shirt the other day and it had one hour delivery. So I got it within that time frame without any issues. It's kind of shocking that you can do that kind of stuff now. And in a lot of ways, that's even more convenient than just getting in the car and going somewhere. When I shop on Amazon, if it is one day prime, which I immediately check the filter, I won't even buy it. I won't even look at it anymore because I know there are so many options that do fall under that one day delivery jurisdiction. And usually when I want something because life has kind of afforded us the luxury of being able to buy things as we need it versus the traditional way, like 20 years ago, you make a shopping list that you go and do in a weekend and you've accumulated that list over five to seven days. And it just doesn't work like that anymore. That's not how people shop. I think what's also interesting is consumers today have more choice than they ever had because of e-commerce. So before you would have to go to your local convenience store and there was maybe two brands of detergent or something that you can buy. And now you can look online and see every single brand of detergent and you can select from that whatever you want. So I think people now expect that variety of choice. And unfortunately for brick and mortar, it's still a difficult thing to be able to compete against that level of choice. Right, because you have a finite amount of shelf space versus like the endless aisle option of infinite number of SKUs and possibility, price ranges, etc. So you've talked in the past about how brick and mortar stores are trying to compete with the likes of Amazon through fulfillment. Could you get into a little bit of that about what they're doing as far as emphasizing fulfillment? Yeah, I think a lot of companies to compete with Amazon are looking to ways to expedite their fulfillment process. So if you think about it traditionally, fulfillment through e-commerce, because it was smaller, was done first via one central repository. Versus now, if you look at someone like Target, who's one of the top three major retailers, they're actually converting all 1,800 of their physical stores to also have fulfillment capabilities for e-commerce. So for example, if you're in Miami and you order something that's stocked in a store in Miami, you're going to get it shipped much faster than if you had one central repository located somewhere in Ohio. That makes a lot of sense because they have to compete with that one-day prime delivery, right? So if they're trying to get something from a distribution center far away and it's going to take five days, that's not going to cut it. Exactly. And you know, it's funny, I was thinking about how you were saying maybe because you live in an urban environment, you'd prefer to shop online. Even when I was living in the suburbs, I remember dreading the idea of getting in my car, driving through traffic. And of course, there's the infamous parking lot. Once you actually get into the parking lot, you go to the store and to your exact point, find two or three items after fishing around or navigating. It's just so difficult versus the beauty of e-commerce is I don't even actually have to know what I'm looking for. I can enter in black blouse into a search and it'll pull up all of these different brand names, different promotional things, different SKUs, different options, different sizes. And I probably will end up buying something I didn't even have the intention of buying. It's a brilliant move. And there was also that 
also recommended or suggested list of items that pop up on the side. And for me, those often show products or related products that I wouldn't have even thought of looking for or searching on my own. And it just kind of tells me based on the fact that other people bought these things or other people were interested. And so I think that's a great way to actually get consumers to spend more money than they were planning to because you see for an extra two bucks, you can get this other accessory that goes really well with the product that you were actually trying to buy. That's true. There's so many upsell opportunities that exist for retailers within e-commerce. One, for the exact reason you mentioned, like if I see this outfit that's put together and there's the accompanying bracelet, and accompanying jewelry, maybe a pair of slacks that go with it, I'm much more likely to purchase that as a full ensemble than piece by piece. And then, of course, the second part of that is some retailers, and I question the sustainability of this, but you'll have to reach a minimum purchasing quantity before you get free shipping. So I know a lot of people, when they don't hit that, will just buy an additional item to get the free shipping because they usually offset each other. Which is a really interesting psychological tactic, right? Because people really want free shipping. There's something about shipping that specifically triggers this need for. They could have bought a $25 item and paid $5 for shipping, or they could have a $30 minimum and get free shipping. And for some reason, psychologically, even though they're spending the same amount of money, it feels good to have free shipping, even though you had to buy another item to get it. Absolutely. People don't want to pay for shipping. And I think it's because when you actually purchase more items, you feel like you're getting a physical product. You're getting an item that you're purchasing for. But shipping something that it's just known that people want to get it for free. It doesn't feel like something that you should have to pay additional money for. So then... What's been interesting is to try to see how brick and mortar traditional retailers are going to compete with this new e-commerce model, which seems to just be growing and becoming more interesting as time goes on. And what do you think about the prospects for the shopping experience in a brick and mortar store becoming better or at least doing something to compete with e-commerce. So I have a few different thoughts on that. So one is when you think about who's shopping at traditional brick and mortars, You're also thinking of the age and maturity of the population. So for example, people who aren't quite as comfortable or tech savvy might still feel better about going into a physical store and buying something when there's a high comfort level there. As you see an aging population and people who are more technologically savvy becoming a greater part of the population, I believe there's going to be a greater migration to e-commerce. So we're just going to see that number growing and growing. People find it less, air quotes, normal to go to a physical store, navigate through racks of clothing and have that experience. So I think those are other reasons that you're gonna see a decline in brick and mortar relative to the people who shop by e-commerce. But I think the other side of that where brick and mortar can redeem itself would be one through experiential shopping. So if you think about something like Starbucks, right? They're selling coffee and I love their coffee. I'm a huge Starbucks fan, but coffee at a premium of 500% seems crazy. But if you think about it, consumers aren't paying for the coffee. That's not what they're paying the markup for. They're paying for the experience of having a social meeting place and having beautiful artwork and having cute artistic pieces around them to look at and converse around. So that's experiential shopping that you can only have if you're in a physical location. The second part of that is I do believe through the Internet of Things and as retailers evolve, their ability to kind of meet customers' needs via the Internet of Things, that it's going to enhance the shopping experience in store as well. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool thought experiment, bringing in the Internet of Things. I'm picturing something like a smart rack, where the rack knows what items are on it, and then when you go to pick up something there, it'll basically be able to do something similar to what Amazon does, which is recommend other SKUs or other accessories that go with it. Maybe if 
the shirt that you're looking for isn't available in your size, it'll give you the option to order that shirt and have it shipped to you within a day or maybe even an hour if you're in the right place. And it's going to ship from a place that actually has it in stock. For me, that would be actually a kind of compelling way to shop if I have to go into a store. I don't have to worry about the disappointment of something being out of stock. When I get to the store, I can see something, try it on, and then say, hey, you know what? I can just order it right here, and I don't feel like I walked away with nothing. You know, and that's where a lot of the newer retailers, so for example, Bonobos and Warby Parker come to mind, maybe even Modcloth, where they have guide shops. So they literally specifically carry one skew of every item. So size, color, fabric, material, all of that. They don't have inventory that you can actually purchase, but you can get the exact fit and the exact item you want, and then it's shipped to you within a matter of hours or days, depending on how much you're willing to pay for that. So when you think about fulfillment from that standpoint, it's saving the stores more money Hence, they're able to give you more reasonable prices. At the same time, you're kind of mixing this in-store experience of physically seeing what you look like and what a product feels like on you, but combining that with the delivery model. That's also interesting, too, because then if you look at what the heart of an actual brick-and-mortar store is, it's more of an experience than actually a shopping center, right? So it's like you go to Warby Parker, you try on a few pairs of frames, you talk to the people that are there, that are working there, that are able to actually recommend to you different styles, different fits. They can offer their opinion about what fits your face better. You can get an eye exam there. And so all of those human interactions would probably get better because customer service is going to have to be the key differentiator when you're actually in the store for experience. And then just actually getting the goods purchased is something that you could do there and then it'll just get shipped to you so they don't have to focus so much on having like a big stock room on having all of these displays arranged perfectly or anything like that it's a much easier process to manage for the stores themselves yes and if i had to make a recommendation to stores regarding in-store experience i would definitely say that one feature that should be made available to shoppers is the opportunity to have a personal stylist. So someone who spends you know 15 and 30 minutes with you can understand what kind of look and feel you like. They usually are able to assess size and different flattering looks. And then based on what you pick out can actually help you accessorize or pick out complimentary products. And I'm willing to bet that the amount that you would spend to have this extra service or these extra people would be offset and in fact would be overwhelmed by how much more a retailer would be selling in terms of actual number of products. Yeah, and I think certain stores that do it really well, that focus a lot on customer experience, have that option. A couple weeks ago, I went into an REI store and that entire store is designed around having very helpful workers that can actually tell you, okay, you're going to buy a tent. This is what you need to look for. What are you trying to do? And they're able to walk you through this whole process because that store is filled with so much equipment that it's overwhelming. And I think that that kind of business model where you have some things and then you also make things seamlessly available from the online channels or distribution centers and then couple that with great customer experience is probably the way forward as far as brick and mortar retailers go. Yeah, I agree. So I think there are many options that we're going to see in terms of brick and mortar leveraging different models in terms of customer service as well as Internet of Things to really enhance that experience. I do think overall we're going to see a greater shift from brick and mortar to e-commerce, especially for the reasons that I already outlined. And the advice I would give to retailers there is to really make sure that they have capabilities in place to really surface both across brick and mortar as well as really have fulfillment across e-commerce because the key to e-commerce fulfillment is speed. That makes sense. And I think also from a user experience, 
at this point, we're conditioned to have instant gratification, right? Both in terms of online commerce and in, when we walk into a store, we expect to be able to buy the product that we intended to buy. We don't expect something to be out of stock or unavailable. So I think the biggest thing is to be able to deliver that to customers one way or the other. There needs to be some sort of technology or human infrastructure to deliver instant gratification to consumers. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned out of stock because that's something that is faced by customers both online and in store. In fact, a survey was done recently surveying 5,000 consumers and asking about their out of stock experience. And what we found was that 75% of shoppers who shopped in store faced out of stock situations. Surprisingly, 63% of shoppers who shopped online also face an out of stock situation within 12 months. And again, this is very concerning because in store, you might be more likely to put in a physical order and wait for backend reserves. But when you're shopping online, it's so easy just to open a new browser and to shop from a competitor. So you see a lot of cannibalization occurring that way. That makes a lot of sense. And it sort of highlights this crucial thing in retail nowadays, which is that information is something that's so easily accessible to customers. People often go to a brick and mortar store with their iPhones out and they just look at that same product that's on the shelf and see that it's cheaper online and decide to buy things online instead, right? That's such a common occurrence. So for retailers to sort of curb that behavior or to kind of compete with that, they need to be able to offer a lot of information to the customer in the store directly. And that actually requires kind of revamping their own systems end to end from the point where they get their actual goods from their vendors and suppliers all the way to when they deliver it to the customers. They need to actually have this kind of visible flow of information from that end to the other end. And to that point, actually, 80% of data and information regarding inventory exists outside of their four walls. And so you really need something that's going to provide a full end-to-end visibility from the suppliers all the way to the point of delivery. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it'll be interesting to see which retailers can actually switch over to that system and which ones will sort of fall by the wayside. Well, if we had a future ball, we would be able to see that all of those retailers would have a full end-to-end supply chain visibility system powered by the cloud. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Leland Suhas with Supply Chain Radio. 